This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. A couple of weeks ago, um, Amy and I, we were having to write an ad that involved farm animals. And it got us... It got us... Because it's not often that we get to have fun with commercials and, and getting animals to talk as characters. And as a side note, we got off topic, as we often do... And we went, what do you reckon if you're a farmer and you have all your different animals there on the on the land? You got your horse, your goat, your sheep, your cow, your chickens. What's like, you know, we all love our kids. We don't want to play favourites. We all love our animals. We don't want to play favourites. But ultimately, you will play favourites. I wonder if farmers play favourites with their animals and whether there's a bit of a hierarchy on the farm as to... You know how the how the animals uh, are, are, are treated and cared for. You know what I mean. There's a farm animal hierarchy, if you will. So we got chatting about this with our, of course, absolutely no background in farming at all. My hierarchy is the horse is number one. The horse is royalty. You got equestrian. You've got polo. They're just, they're, you know, the horses, it's posh, the horses. So the horse is top, top tier for me. It was their birthday yesterday too. It was. The horse's birthday. Yeah. Only yeah. for the Southern Hemisphere. Yeah. Was it Southern Hemisphere? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Was it? Is it, yeah. is it, is yeah, it on I hemispheres? Yeah, is it? I think oh. maybe. I don't know. I'll look into that. Yeah. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and then I'd probably go cow next, just because. Because uh-huh. they're big, you can't miss them. It's, it's second. Mm-hmm. It's as easy as that. No other logic behind it. Uh, and then I, I went sheep next because, you know, they're fun. They flock together. They're just, again, mm. quite sizable things. Next, I went goat, mm-hmm. second from the bottom. They're funny. They're small. They're bouncy. They're, they're kids. Just, they're the kids of the farm. They are, you know? And I went chicken last just because it's a chicken. I mean, okay. I love chickens. Don't get me wrong. I do. I really... I, I would, if I got land, the first thing I'd buy is the chicken. I reckon mm. Hank, my rabbit, and a chook would go together like a pea in a pod. Mm. So that that's... That's my farm animal hierarchy. What uh, are you? Are you in agreement with me? Yes, horse, except for cow, one. Horse, cow, sheep, goat, chicken. Yeah, except for one of them. Oh, so uh, horse definitely on top. Yes, for sure. Yep. Cow, yes. Yeah. Um, what was the next one? The sheep or goat? I think that's the one I would change. I'd put goat third. Oh. And then sheep fourth, and oh. then chicken. And the only reason why I say mm, that is yes. because if I was to own a farm, I'd need goat's cheese. And goat's oh, milk. Oh, so I would yes. do the goat third. reasons. Yeah. Yes. Actually, I'd even maybe even put goat second and then the cow third. Uh, because yeah. I don't eat red meat very often either. Oh, okay. So, yeah. So the goat's more of a food source yeah, for you than yeah. the cow. Okay, yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Are you going to make that change? Are you going to put goat second? Do it. Come on. Yeah, I'm going to put goat second. Okay. And then I'm actually going to change the whole order. Actually, can I just go? I'm going to go horse, Start again. Yes. goat. Yes. Chicken, because oh. I eat a lot of chicken. Yeah. And you need eggs for baking. Yes. Um, chicken, and then go um, sheep. the cow, oh, cow. cow, then a sheep. Then sheep, okay, yeah. And I mean, do you just think the sheep's just there? Like, they're, they're yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're there. Just, I mean, you can use their wool and stuff like that. Plot around and just kind of have you ever had? There. Have you ever had sheep's milk and sheep's yogurt? It's gross. <laughs> I've No, but I, I had... So, when I was growing up... Uh, 
a guy up our street had goats and I had goat milk from him. Yeah. And it was, I remember it was exceptional when I was a kid. I loved it. I used to make milkshakes out of it and it was crazy. I was like the weird kid that liked goat's milk. Everyone else was like, you you weirdo. Yeah. Um, It was very unorthodox. And then I bought packaged goat milk a couple of years ago. And I got egg on my face because I was telling my partner how amazing this goat's milk is. I talked it up. I talked a big game. I bought this goat's milk, and I don't know whether it was just because it was, it was you know made by a, a big company yeah. that was mass-produced goat's milk. It was vile. Uh. I don't know whether my taste buds changed or because it was a big multi-made yeah. thing, and it wasn't you know milk. Fresh goat's milk, mm. but it was disgusting. Yeah, I, I didn't really, like it. I don't really drink goat's I went milk. Off it. I have tried sheep's milk and I didn't like that. And I, I tried sheep's yogurt on, and it's just, I don't know, there's just something about it I just don't like. So, yeah, I think sheep would have to be definitely dead last for me. What do you think? How do you stand with it? Our farm animal hierarchy horse, goat, sheep, cow, chicken. Let us know. And while you're on our Instagram and Facebook as well, check out how I draw a horse too. Check that one out. 929 Tamworth on all the socials. That's my payment for this morning. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. Cheers, Rafferty, cybersecurity expert, CEO of ScanTech Solutions, joins me for a chat. Cheers, how are you, mate? Doing well, JD, yourself? Yeah, really well, really well. Thank you for joining us. We're talking about the next level of security with computers now. We've all been, you know, subjected now to passwords apparently the average person has like 200 of them or whatever um and they're they're starting to get a little easier for hackers and crackers to get hold of so a bit of an upgrade to pass phrases instead tell us a little bit about this evolution i guess Chez. yeah i'll take you back a couple of steps so yeah. basically computers are, are really good at doing things repetitively really quickly so Think about your old-fashioned combination lock you had when you were a kid on your bike. You've got, you know, four numbers. And, mm. you know, if you forgot what it was, you could literally go number by number from 000 all the way to 999. And sooner or later, you'd get the right number. Mm. So what we've done as humans is computers got faster and faster and better and better at doing that. We added, there's two ways you can try and make it hard for computers. You add a lot more um, of those um, numbers, here, four, five, six, seven, or what you do is you add more characters in. Imagine if your combination lock didn't just have numbers, it had letters and capital letters and exclamation marks. You can imagine how much mm. longer it would take you to crack. Mm. So, of course, what we thought would be easier is like, we'll just add all these characters in and we don't have to make our passwords as long. But unfortunately, as we know as humans, what are we really bad at remembering? Really complex, weird things, you know, capital G, lowercase, a seven, give me an exclamation mark, and, and, and what do we all do? We cheat. So we use one password, and we change a number on the end, and we change a letter on the end to make it easier for us to, to remember. Yeah. But unfortunately, what that means is um, when hackers, as you said, get hold of these um, passwords, they try them on all these other websites. So yeah. if you use it once, you get caught. Yeah. So what we're seeing now is um, how do we use what humans are really good at to basically beat the computers? And what are we really, really good at? We're really, really good at remembering long um, tracks of text. So think about song lyrics. Yeah. Think about your favourite lines from movies. Uh, think about your favourite lines from books or poetry, whatever it might be. We're really, really good at that. Um, you know, very easy for us to remember all our friends' names. Impossible for us to remember our friend, friends' phone numbers, for example. Yeah, right? yeah. So what we're seeing now is this move to what is called passphrases. So I'll give you an example. You pick a few things you like. So you say, uh, 
you know, classic one. I like long walks on the beach. Now, to you and me, that's like, well, that's easy for a, for a computer to crack that. But to a computer, it's like, well, that's really long, and I've got to start with all these numbers mm. and characters mm. and exclamation marks. He doesn't know that you've only used a lowercase and a simple sentence for you. So what the best thing to do is to think of passphrases that are really memorable. Um, you know, it could be things that you like doing with your, your partner and, um, and, you know, it could be a drink. Like, yeah. uh, you know, I like to go to an Italian restaurant with my wife and have a glass of red wine. Now, yes. that's really, really long, right? Mm. <laughs> really, really, really easy to remember, right? I could tell you that. You could, I could come back in a week and ask you what that was. You'd be able to tell me what it was again. That's what, really what we're seeing. Unfortunately, some of the limitations is you've probably seen a website and it's really, really restrict, you know? Like it must be between 8 and 12 characters and it must contain a capital letter and a lowercase and a number yeah. and an exclamation mark, for example. What we really need is more and more companies to look at this and say, no, no, let's make them between 10 and, you know... 30, 40 characters long. We don't really care. Yeah. We just want to make it easy for people to remember. The other piece of advice I always give people as well, there is another way that you can kind of hack this system, and that's to, to basically get what's called a password manager. bit of software that you can download onto all your products, so your, you know, your tablets, your, your phones, your, your laptops, and it remembers the passwords for you, and that kind of can give you the best of both worlds. You remember one really long passphrase, and password managers will always recommend passphrases because they know that they're really secure. And then it will make those stupidly complex passwords for you and remember them. And then next time you go to your, your site to log in, it's like, hey, JD, do you want us to log in with you with this stupidly long and impossible password for you to remember? You're like, yes, please. You say yes, mm. it logs you straight in. So again, it's all about making your life easier and really moving away from the pain of you know passwords or worse, what we all do, if we don't have this, is we cheat, right? Yeah. Cheating means it's easier for hackers to get into other parts of our um, you know, other services yes. that we use as well. Yeah, exactly. Or we all waste time like I do all the time with the good old forget password and then you have to reset it and that's annoying. <laughs> exactly. And then you finally go to put the password in and it's like you. this is your former password. You're like, oh, no, I yeah. reset it. That was my password I finally remembered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, been there, done that. It was the one that you didn't attempt, all. of course, yes. Hey, Chess, thank you so much for the chat. Always awesome to talk. Some great advice. Thank you. No, all right. Great chatting. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. Uh, I'll, I'm, I'm got to get into our Thursday morning movie club really soon, but I was just saying before how yesterday I perplexed Hannah from our sales team in the kitchen by making up a cold coffee because I didn't feel like a hot coffee. I didn't really feel like a coffee at all, to be honest with you, but just to vary things up, I thought I'd have a cold coffee, not an iced coffee, a cold coffee. So I put the instant coffee in the cup. I put a tiny bit of sugar. I don't usually have sugar in my coffee. I'm sweet enough. Um, but when I make it cold, I put a little tiny bit of sugar in there. I put a tiny little bit of water out of the tap. So not not hot water out of the tap, just like we've got one of those taps that have the, you know, the, the, the temperature thing on there. So it's not two taps. And just normal like tap temperature water out. A tiny bit of that into there. I'm probably talking like 25 milliliters, not even that. You mix it around into like a coffee paste and then you get the coffee, the milk out of the fridge and you pour it in and it's a cold coffee. And Hannah's like, what the hell are you making? 
I was like, a cold coffee. And she says, you get the hot water out of the kettle and pour it in there, just a little bit, and that breaks it up. And I was like, yeah, but I mean, getting it out of the tap does the exact same thing. It breaks it up enough and it's not too hot because using it out of the kettle, even though you're pouring more cold milk and it's a little bit too warm that way, whereas out of the tap, it's perfect. Give it a try. Lena has come and taken liberties with this now. You've been conspiring with Hannah or something, have you? No, I just heard um, you on the radio. <laughs> you've never heard anyone say make coffee like that ever? No. No. So, so you, you think you need the, the warm, the no. hot water from the kettle? No, no, because you explained it. Yeah. And no, I don't think that's where my issue is. I mm. think my issue is with the fact that you wanted just a cold coffee. Ah, uh. Without it being an iced coffee. Oh, right. Okay. Well, it's... Now it's, that you've explained it. But still, that's weird. You're weird, man. Like, <laughs> I've done... I've drained that all... It must be... Is it a South Australian thing? I don't know. That's maybe, what I always go to defend anything that maybe, I do. Maybe, but like... Because um, I made them all the time growing up as a kid. I think it's also just the so, idea of tap water. Like, I love tap water, but... Yeah. I wouldn't put tap water in my tea unless it was like a herbal tea. You know, I wouldn't put tap water with my milk. I think it's just, a, I think it maybe it's a mental thing. I do occasionally make, I just didn't have my water bottle with me. I do occasionally make it with the water out of the water cooler here, but that was too far away. So like you, the same thing, you pour mm. the water into it out of the water cooler and break it up. It does. Like you, you, I just think, I think it's just so out of the ordinary and so against the norm. But the, the, the cold milk out of the fridge is cold enough to drink it. Like that's why it's in the fridge. It's that's cold enough. Like it's not iced, but it's it's cold enough. It's probably the same. To be honest with you, and I'm not I'm not ripping on cafes, but it's probably the exact same temperature as an iced coffee you order at the cafe. Probably because that's just. I mean, you've worked in I, hospitality. You yeah. just get the milk out of the fridge and you pour it yeah. in and off you yeah, go. Yeah, you don't add water to it. You just add the milk. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else out there does Look, this concoction? I just think it's, re- I just think like it's really weird. I just think it's really, really <laughs> weird, JB. Um, you know, I just I don't see why you have to stray away from just doing the tiny little bit of boiled water when you can just top it up with cold milk and make it milky. Anyone else out there does this, or is it yet another weird JBism to add to the long list of weird JBisms? This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on ninety two point nine. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. Do you want to harp on about Coffee Gate too much with the bizarre ways that I make cold coffee? But I will continue it because Lena said something just so bizarre off air just during that ad break that I said, you've got to hang around and reveal that on air. What your dad does when it comes to making cold coffee? What does what does Mr. Fong do <laughs> with his cold coffee? He yeah. make this is even weirder than how I supposedly make mine, which is again just cold water out of the tap, just a little bit, and then cold milk. What does your dad do to enjoy a cold coffee? So first of all, my dad is a very busy man, and I think he accidentally came across this um, weird weird technique. <laughs> but um, he will make his coffee hot. And then leave it on the bench and then come back like hours later and go, oh, coffee. Yeah, great. I'll drink my cold coffee. But sometimes I think he purposefully does it so he gets a cold coffee because he does it in summer and he'll just let it sit there for hours and then come back and he'll have a cold coffee. That's but, gross. Although it's and weird, weird and I can admit that it's weird and gross. 
he at least goes through the traditional methods <laughs> of making a coffee first. <laughs> sure. But, but, but like mine is cold though because it's cold milk out of the fridge. His is like, that's not cold <laughs> coffee. That's room temperature coffee. And especially him living in Queensland or Rockhampton wherever <laughs> he works. Yeah. That would be like hot. Like that's hot coffee pretty much. Nah, it's that's just room, gross. It's just like warm, like lukewarm. Ew. No. <laughs> so if you think I'm weird, that's weird. And for me to say something weird, then it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. JB to share a McCafe coffee with someone. Chatting about what's going on locally, nationally or internationally. Or something a little different. It's the McCafe coffee break. The block is back on Channel 9 and NBN this Sunday night and co-host Shelley Craft joins me this morning. How are you, Shelley? Great, JB. How are you doing? Yeah, really well, really well. Thank you so much for your time. Just when I thought that the uh, inventions of the block themes couldn't get any cooler, <laughs> I love the look of this year. You guys are going back to the 1950s. Oh, I tell you, they don't let us know what the promos are going to be until the day we get there because they know how Scotty and I feel about fancy dress. um, This year it was no different. But, gee, it's such an awesome theme. Um, We do. We have five original blonde brick homes to deal with this year. And when I say we, I guess that's the royal we. I don't have to deal with them at all. I just have to turn up every week and have a little look around and and help out the contestants as much as I can. But it's going to be the block that you know and love with some wonderful twists and turns along the way. Yeah, exactly. That's it. I, I love that. And I think all of us can kind of relate to this. I know the the, the homes I've seen in the promos just uh, remind me of my... Um, my grandparents and maybe at a stretch my great grandparents' house. So I think we've all we all see that and go, Yeah, I, I remember that. Yeah, I've seen that, you know? That's the that's the great thing I'm liking about this year's theme. That's it. Well look, I think a lot of the kids that watch the show hmm. um, wouldn't have a clue what Scotty was holding in his hand. He had this, you know, old school <laughs> red telephone. I don't think they would have ever seen a typewriter in their lives. Uh, would have been wondering what on earth he's done to his hair. But yes, for the rest of us um, a lovely flashback to the 50s. I didn't actually realise this, but you do um, real estate and, and home flipping yourself. Look, I do. Um, I, I've always been really keen on real estate. I think I bought my first house when I was about 23, um, and I've had a 100 since then, and my 11-year-old says she's had more bedrooms than birthdays, which is actually <laughs> true. So we, we don't intentionally flip um, yeah. I, I do renovate homes or build homes and think that they're going to be my forever house. And then my husband has a real estate agency. So, yes, um, they don't last very long. But I always build them with, with a lot of love and the intent that we will stay there forever. And I think that's the difference. You know, our contestants come in and, and some of them have a really clear idea of what they want to do um, for themselves and what they would love to live in. But that's not necessarily the name of the game. On the block, you know your house is going to auction. And I think building a home that's going to appeal to the broadest market is definitely the way to go. Thankfully, not all the contestants take my advice. So it makes really good telly. (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's why it's worked for so long with you and Scotty with the backgrounds that you both have. I think that's why it works so well with his building background your, you know, your your casual renovating and real estate background as well. That just 
ties together nicely. Oh, look, there's no doubt that everyone in the crew um, loves homes now. And and a couple of our cameramen, uh, a few of our producers, of course, our executive producers, have been on the show since day one. And if they didn't have a mad love for homes and renovating when they first started, you know, 20 years on, they certainly do now. So it's wonderful. Even when we have our, our lunch breaks, everyone's still talking about new products that are available. Or did you see um, what these contestants were using? Haven't seen that product before or, you know, new innovations um, and ideas. And, of course, then the horror stories about how long their own renovations are taking. So <laughs> we all love it. Um, we all live and breathe it. And, you know, for the contestants to be able to lean on myself or Scotty um, or Keith and Dan or even the camera crew um, for, you know, the the knowledge or just, um, I guess, the feeling of we've been where you are, guys, you're going to be okay, is a really nice place to be. It's it's a great workplace. It it sounds exciting and it sounds like a fantastic thing to be a part of, but I know one thing certainly from chatting to the contestants over the last four or five years of the block, they all say how grueling the schedule is. Um, that that must obviously uh, play into it as well. Do do you find that? JB, how could they not know? It, it shocks <laughs> me that they all go. Oh, it's so much harder than I thought it was going to be. It's like did you watch you've the been show? fans of the show for years. <laughs> We've never hid the fact that it's the hardest thing in the world to do. Um, there's certainly easier shows to get your 15 minutes of fame on. That's for sure. So yes. Look, we we tried to show it in, in all its reality that this is a really tough task, but they all rise to the challenge, um, I'm sure, and I hope it might take a couple of years, but at the end of the day, I think they all go, yes, that was a great life experience and we're glad we did it. Um, we never have to do it again. And then we've got the crazies that do sign up for a second series, whether it be an All-Stars or a Fans versus Faves. So, yes, it's hard work, but by God, it can be rewarding at the end of the day. And you're also, just to keep yourself that that busy, if, if you know, renovating houses, doing real estate and doing the block wasn't enough, I understand you're doing some podcasting as well. Hey, I had to get on the wagon, right? This is um, I I love when the block comes around and I get to chat to so many radio people and I and I love this medium. Um, no network would actually give me a gig, so I just came up with my own. <laughs> uh, the Aging Project. So this is a podcast. That is for men, but basically women, uh, anywhere between sort of 30 and 130. And we chat to experts about longevity, biohacking, uh, also from a holistic point of view, from a scientific point of view, really just all about how to age well um, and embrace the changes that are happening or that are coming and how to get the most out of life. So, look, I'd, I'd like to say that I've always had a really great outlook on life. Mm-hmm. I'm a, a glass half full kind of girl and um, and this podcast sort of shares how I, you know, how I remain um, so happy all the time. <laughs> All the time. I do have my days, don't worry. Um, but yeah, it's a great one. So please, wherever you get your podcasts, I'd love you to tune in, The Aging Project. Fantastic. Lovely. Well, Google that one and you can check that one out. Episodes come out each week for that, is it? Yes, it is. Just keep yep. yourself busy. Yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm sure yes. I'm sure you would have loved to do them daily. <laughs> oh, look, you know, I tell you, if you could just rock up live and talk, I absolutely would. But I have put some research into this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Shelley, thank you so much. I'm really looking forward to the block this year, the 1950s renovations, what the contestants do with it. Thank you so much for your time this morning. Always a pleasure. 
Anytime, buddy. I'll speak to you soon. 7.49, that is Shelley Craft from The Block back on NBN from Sunday night, 7 o'clock. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9. First, the weird, wacky, wonderful news of the week you might have missed. These ones don't land on Lena's desk, they land on mine. And I laugh and smirk and giggle. And then print them off for today. A grand piano that once belonged to John Lennon is going to be auctioned off in September. I mean, that's kind of cool. But what makes it even cooler is that Lennon gifted the piano to a friend who then lent it to a school, keep up with me here, which, thinking it was a donation, not a loan, sold it off with its other basement trash pianos for about 1500 bucks, And now it's projected to sell next month for $3 bucks. Oh, wow. That school dogged. Yeah. Dogged that owner. Yeah. Wow. How about that? Wow. Crazy. Name and shame that school. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, A couple of Chinese stories. China's internet regulator announced plans to curb teen phone use with a two-hour daily internet limit for 16 to 18-year-olds and by blocking teens' mobile internet access each day between 10 p.m. and 6 a.m. I mean, here we are whinging about not allowing kids' phones at school, which, by the way, I couldn't even believe that that wasn't a thing earlier. I mean, when we were debating that this year, I was like, we've allowed phones at schools for this long? Really? But anyway, that's a discussion for another day, getting too serious (laughs) for this topic. But... Yeah, it's and, and and in China, which I I know you know Chinese government and censorship and all that kind of stuff that goes with it. Looking at only allowing two hours daily internet limit for sixteen to eighteen year olds, which is such a small like such a window of age bracketing as well. Yeah, and then if you you can't use your mobile between. 10 and 6, that's mobile data as well, phone internet, you'll still be able to do because you were concerned about uh, 16 to 18 year old Chinese able to uh, do, do s- their homework. Yeah, yeah. So it's only limited to mobile phones, right? Just so mobile you can still phones. access. Yeah. Okay, so you can still access everything on your phone though. Yeah. Basically via a computer yeah. as well, anyway. Yeah. Okay. Sure, sure. We'll see how it goes. Good luck with that. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we stick with China. Hangzhou Zhu in China um, has a sun bear. And uh, it's gone viral this week because people are saying that it's not a sun bear. It is a human wearing a bear costume that is in the zoo. Sun bears have always been a funny looking bear. They are. Um, and after seeing the pictures, I am mm. torn. I can't tell. I can't tell. It, if you look at it one way, it does. It looks like a human. You could imagine a human in there. But then you look at another angle and it's like, no, no, it's just a little gangly sun bear. Yeah. They are, they're always gangly looking. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, look, I'm, we're not any bear experts and I, I, I really can't be bothered investigating this any longer because um, I've got other stuff to investigate, like whether there's any other Chesters around Tamworth. Um, but I'm, I'm simply begging the world for more scenarios now where zoos have to clarify that it's definitely a real animal in their enclosure because yeah. that's just to me is comedy gold that they need to go, mm. no, that is definitely a giraffe. Mm. It is not a man on stilts with a big paper mache mm. neck that's that's definitely a giraffe we can confirm that so 
Yeah, I just, right. I, I love that. Okay, so, JB. I guess probably out of most <laughs> animals to be able to replicate, it probably is a sun bear. Yeah, you probably get the, yeah. the the lanky sounding Chester from your university. Sounds like you could play a sun bear pretty good. <laughs> probably, so, probably. You know, so, <laughs> but imagine if it came out that they were putting humans in sun bear costumes <laughs> to pretend they slept sun bears. <laughs> it's one of the sixteen to eighteen year old teenagers <laughs> out there who. <laughs> who's had to do that because they can't get on the internet yeah, anymore. they're bored. <laughs> they're bored the out of time. their brains. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. There you go. There's some of the weird, wacky, wonderful this news the of the week. This is the best of JB for breakfast. Only on 92.9.